So, Father, I thank you for your word today. As we come right now, we open up our hearts. I thank you that you give us circumcised ears to hear what it is that you have to say to us. This is not about a man speaking, but I thank you that through the vessel of clay, through an earthly, sandy vessel, that you would declare your word, that we would be able to hear your voice. And I thank you that you would reach and touch every person in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 20, it says there, uh, So... David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper and ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. And then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. And so David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. And so the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. And then David spoke to the men who stood by, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now is... They're not a cause. Would you look at somebody and tell them, is they not a cause? <clears throat> now, I know that I'm talking to men and I'm talking to the youth because it's Father's Day and Youth Day, but I'm talking to everybody. I need you to turn around and tell three people, is there not a cause? Right there in Hillcrest, Phoenix as well, Mabel, turn around and one more time, tell somebody, is there not a cause? Hallelujah. Now, ever since the first man was created by God, I want you to know, and my first slide is, that mankind was created with the need for a cause. A cause to believe in, a cause that is greater than ourselves, a cause to live for, and a cause to die for as well. And just like David's heart 
I believe that our hearts cry out for meaning, for purpose, and for fulfillment. In other words, to live for something that is greater than ourselves. Is there not a cause? I believe that God put that cry deep into our souls when he created you and I in his likeness and in his image. And I say this because God Almighty has a cause. And his cause is to redeem the world through his son, Jesus Christ. His cause is to reconcile your and my heart to his heart. His cause is to restore back to us the original plan and purpose that he had for mankind. And with every one of us, within every one of us, there is an echo of the image of God that reminds us that our humanity is connected to a mighty God who has mighty creative purposes for you and I. Would you lift your hands and say, my purpose on this earth is connected to God's purpose for humanity. Would you look at somebody right now and say, your purpose on this earth is connected to God's purpose for humanity. The next point that I want to make this morning is that Adam was born with a God-ordained cause. If you read in Genesis chapter 128, it says, Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Dominion over the fish, over the birds of the air, the fish represents anything that's in the water. The birds of the air represents anything that is in the spiritual atmosphere and over every living thing that moves on the earth. But how many of you know that when Adam fell in that garden, that his God-ordained cause became contaminated and polluted, and what was once a God-ordained cause became a man-made cause? I want you to know this morning that God wants you to know that He not only loves you, but He wants you to know that in Christ Jesus, God has given every one of us a cause that is greater than ourselves. Look at somebody and tell them, your cause is greater than you. Your cause is greater than you. Your God-ordained cause is greater than you. Hallelujah. Can you say amen this morning? A cause that we can live for and a cause that we can die. And I want you to know that humanity needs a cause. And in Christ, we have that cause. Not just any cause, though. A cause that is God-ordained, a cause that is sanctioned by God, is approved by God himself. And I want you to know that without a God-ordained cause, you'll be stopped by the adverse circumstances that will come against you, and you will fail to rise to a place where God wants you to be, and at best, your life will just be average. I'm here to tell you that you weren't born for average. Would you look at somebody and tell them like you believe it, you were not born for average. <laughs> Hallelujah. God has something more in store for every one of you that's more than just average. 
Why do I say that? Because too high a price was paid for you and I to live average. Too precious a blood was shed for you and I to live average. Can I get an amen in this place? Hallelujah. You say, well, pastor, uh, who am I? What can I offer? Every one of us has something to contribute. Every one of us, whether it be in Phoenix, in Hillcrest, in Galway, Mabel, those of you watching, I don't know from which part of the world, every one of us has something to contribute. And you may think yourself to be a nobody. But every person born again into the kingdom of God is born into greatness. Can I say that one more time? Every one of us that is born again into the kingdom of God is born into greatness. Bump your neighbor and say, if you're born again, you reborn into greatness. If you know God, you are reborn into greatness. If you're walking with God and know that your sins are forgiven you and you're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus, then you are reborn into greatness. Can I get a better amen this morning? You see, you don't have to allow the past to negate your future and your cause in Christ. But you can purpose today, right now, to be deliberate and intentional about making a difference. You can make up your mind to discover and act according to God's unique purpose for your life. Can you say amen? amen. So there are many causes out there which are man-made. And today I want to just speak a little bit, and I'll continue tonight even though we are having a praise party, and we're all youth tonight, right? We're all youth. Amen. VJ, you're, you're, you're youth. Amen. Ron, you're youth. Brother Sam, you're youth. Amen. Even though you're looking really good, we're all youth. I'm going to finish this tonight, okay? So I want to talk a little bit about God-ordained cause as we see it reflected in the story of David and Goliath. Can you say Amen. So number one, a God-ordained cause will always present itself with opportunities. Can you say opportunities this morning? Hallelujah. We know that there are man-made causes that will present themselves with man-made, manufactured opportunities, and the primary purpose is really for self-gratification and to magnify that individual. But when you look at David, you see that David's cause was not a manufactured cause. And this was not something fabricated by David for the purposes of self-exaltation. It was a God-ordained cause that presented itself with some God-ordained opportunities. Can I get an amen? So let's look at some of these opportunities. What are they? Well, firstly, we know that David had the opportunity to serve. He had what? The opportunity to serve. He had what? 
The Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 17, that Jesse, the father of David, said to him, I want you to take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. In other words, Jesse sent David on a journey that was about almost 30 kilometers from Bethlehem to the Valley of Elah where they were fighting, where the brothers were in the front line of battle. And David was instructed to bring assistance by bringing food and also to assess the situation on the battlefield. How many of you know today that we have been sent by our Heavenly Father on an errand to help mankind? Anybody know that this morning? To help our city, Durban, to help those in our communities, to help this country, South Africa, and the nations of the world. We have been sent by God to give people of all tribes, of all cultures, of all ethnicities, spiritual sustenance that will impact them in their spirit, in their soul, and in their body. We have been sent by God to assess the situation and to bring help and hope. Can I get an amen? In other words, we have been sent by God to help people know God, to help people find freedom in God, to help people discover their purpose in God, and to help people know that they can make a difference. That's part of our revision. Hallelujah. That's part of our revision. Can you say amen? amen? And we are here essentially sent by God to serve one another and to serve our city and to serve our nation. Hallelujah. That was one of the reasons for the idea behind the dream team that essentially we are here to serve people to ensure that Sunday after Sunday after Sunday that there might be somebody that would encounter God, that they would find hope, that they would find freedom, that they would be set free from every form of bondage and affliction. Can you say amen? Number two, what other opportunities came to David? David not only had the opportunity to serve, but he also, number two, had the, the opportunity to demonstrate the awesomeness of God. I don't know if there's a word, awesomeness, but is there such a word? I just made it up, hallelujah. To demonstrate the, the might of God, the power of God, the glory of God, the splendor of God, hallelujah. David had the opportunity to demonstrate the awesomeness of God. If you look in the Bible, there were many people who did the same thing as David. I think about Elijah, that when he challenged the prophets of Baal, they all were dancing around their sacrifice, trying to get their God to ignite it, and they failed. And then Elijah calls upon the God of fire who consumed that fire, that, that sacrifice. And in, in that way, Elijah demonstrated the awesomeness of God. And then I think about Elisha who came after Elijah. And before Elijah got taken up, Elisha said, uh, I, I, I want twice as much 
What is on your life? I want twice as much as the anointing that you have. I want twice as much as the power that you have. I want twice as much many miracles. I want twice as much as many wonders. And Elijah said, you have asked a hard thing, but you know what? If it's in your heart and you have the faith for it, then whatever is in your heart and whatever you're able to believe is yours. Hallelujah. And then when you read the life of Elisha, sure enough, there you see twice as many miracles. And in those twice as many miracles in the life of Elisha, what did he do? He demonstrated the awesomeness of God. Can you say amen? I think about Samson who demonstrated the might and power of God who one time, in one occasion, with just his bare hands, was able to tear a line apart as one would tear, I don't know, like a little rag doll or something to that effect. And then on another occasion, with just the jawbone of a donkey, he was able to slay a thousand Philistines. Hallelujah. I think about Solomon as well, who was able to demonstrate the wisdom of God the splendor of God, the glory of God, that when queen of, the queen of Sheba comes to visit him, this is what she said in 1 Kings chapter 10 and verse 6. She said, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes and indeed, the half was not told me, your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. In other words, I've seen the awesomeness of your God, Solomon. And I tell you what, people told me, but they only told me half the truth. I have discovered that your God is truly an awesome God. Can you say amen? And David had the privilege of revealing just how awesome his God was. If you read in verse 45, it says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you, and take your head from you, and this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that you're a mighty God, that you're an awesome God, that you're a God of signs, wonders, and miracles. And then he goes on, then all of this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Hallelujah. David, when you read his story, had fought the lion and the bear, and each and every victory he was able to prove the awesomeness of God. Hallelujah. Maybe you're at a tight place right now and there's things that are against you, but don't worry, don't fret, because God is going to use that tight, hard place for you to reveal and demonstrate the awesomeness of God. Hallelujah. You and I have the same opportunities, not only to serve, but to demonstrate the awesomeness of God. Jesus gave you and I the go-ahead. 
In Mark 16 and verse 17, he says, and these signs will follow those who believe. Do we have any believers here this morning? Any believers in Phoenix? Any believers in Hillcrest? Any believers in Galway? Any believers here? Lift your voice and say, I am a believer. I am not a doubter. I am a believer. And these signs shall follow so that I can demonstrate the awesomeness of God. Jesus said, these signs shall follow they that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. If they pick up, uh, they'll pick up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it'll by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. When you look at the early church, you see that they demonstrated the awesomeness of God. They were not afraid to speak the word of God with boldness, which is what David did. And when the early church spoke the world, the word with boldness, the earth shook, crazy things happened, signs, wonders, and miracles happened. Why? Because signs, wonders, and miracles will always follow the preaching of God's word. Hallelujah. Will always follow the preaching of God's word. When you preach the word, faith rises in the hearts of people. And when faith rises, anything can happen. Look at somebody tell them, when faith rises, anything can happen. Hallelujah. And Sunday after Sunday, that's what we do. We preach the word. And we believe for the miraculous. We believe for the supernatural. We believe for out of the ordinary. We believe for the amazing. The astounding, the marvelous, the stupendous, the magnificent, the astonishing, the staggering, the outstanding, the unheard of before, the uncommon, the awe-inspiring, the extraordinary, the unbelievable, the phenomenal, and the breathtaking. And each and every time we get to demonstrate the awesomeness of God. Isaiah said in Chapter 8, verse 18, he said, Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders. We are for what? We are for what? And here we are and the DCC family. We are here for signs and wonders. This is our limitless year. And each and every time we are demonstrating the awesomeness of God. Can you say Amen. Can you give me a better amen? I need you to stand up to your feet this morning, and I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. I want you to take a deep breath, and I want you to say these words after me. Hallelujah. This is my year of opportunity. I need you to say it like you have faith this morning. This is my year of opportunity to serve God and people. And to demonstrate the awesomeness of my God. To demonstrate the amazing, the astounding, the marvelous, the stupendous, the magnificent, the astonishing, the staggering, the outstanding, the unheard of before, the uncommon, the awe-inspiring, the extraordinary, the unbelievable the phenomenal and the breathtaking of my God in Jesus' name. I believe it. I will walk into it. 
in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise offering this morning. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I thank you for your word that's come to each and every one of us. I thank you for faith that has risen in our hearts. I thank you today that it don't matter what we are facing. Faith is that superpower greater than nuclear power, greater than atomic power, greater than hydropower, greater than thermal power, greater than any power known to man. And I declare that in the middle of our adversity, in the middle of darkness, in the middle of us being surrounded by the bulls of Bashan, that there, are God, that there is a God-ordained cause that you have placed in the heart of every man, every father, every young person, every woman, every mother, every wife in this place today. And with that God-ordained cause, there are God-ordained opportunities right now. I pray, Lord, that you would give us eyes like an eagle, that we would not look into the natural, but went to the supernatural, that we would look into the unseen realm, God. And in that realm, I thank you that you will begin to unravel, that you will begin to make known to us the many opportunities that exist for us to be able to serve you and serve people, for us, my God, to demonstrate the awesomeness of God, and for us as well, my God, to demonstrate, Lord, that through those opportunities, you are enabling us to succeed in everything that we do, in everything that our hands touch right now, in Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, there was a third thing that in that opportunity, not just to serve, not just to demonstrate the awesomeness of God, but also for you and I to succeed. Amen. Hallelujah. Bump your neighbor and tell the neighbor, God wants you to succeed. Come on, look at somebody right now. Tell the neighbor, God wants you to succeed. Hallelujah. God wants you to slay your lion, your bear, and your Goliath. Hallelujah. I don't know what kind of a lion you're facing, what kind of a bear, what kind of a giant, but I know, I know, the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. I said the battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every eye closed today. You see, David knew his God. He would oftentimes sit on the hills of Jerusalem while he was looking after the flock and he would worship God. David cultivated a heart for God. There's no way that a young boy could attack and defeat a lion, attack and defeat a cub, a, a bear. When that lion had one of its sheep, David went after it and pulled that sheep from out of its mouth. There's no way you're going to be able to do that unless you know your God, unless you have an, an intimate covenant with your God. And David, before he became king, he was the greatest worshiper of all time. He knew his God. He knew his God. And when he ran towards Goliath, it wasn't because David was a formidable fighter. Here stood Goliath, who was a trained warrior in combat. Like today, he would be one of the top MMA fighters, trained in jiu-jitsu, trained in Muay Thai, 
trained in grappling and in, in all kinds. Of, and David was just a young boy. David didn't run towards that Goliath in his strength and in his might. He knew his God. And he knew that his God would fight for him. My question to you today is, do you know your God? Do you know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Listen, God never intended for you to struggle and go through life and have mishap after mishap and agony after agony and all kinds of terrible things happen. And you're trying to live this life all by yourself. No, you were created for God. He created you for Him. And you and God, when you know your God, and you are situated in your God, you take your place in God, you and God will always be a majority. You and God will always be a majority. But again, my question is, do you know your God? Do you know this wonderful person called Jesus? No, I didn't ask you, do you know religion? Do you have some structured, organized religion? That's not going to help you. Religion is not going to help you. It's going to pretend, it's going to make you believe that you have help, but it itself is helpless. It cannot help you. Jesus can help you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, right here, Hillcrest, Galway, in Phoenix as well, those of you watching by way of live stream today, I don't know where you are with God today, your walk with God. Maybe things have happened and you say, man, I'm terribly ashamed. I'm away from God. I don't know God. Well, today you can come back to God. Today your sins can be forgiven, sir. Today every one of your weaknesses, every place where you failed God, all of those can be wiped clean from your life. And you can start afresh. And you can come just as you are, back to God, back to the heart of God. He's waiting for you, ready to receive you on this Father's Day. I'm talking to every father. If you don't know your heavenly Father today, then I'm asking you today to make that commitment. I'm talking to you as a mother, as a child, whoever you may be, if you don't know Jesus Christ, or maybe you did, but your life has fallen short, and you know that you have one leg in and one leg out, that's not going to help you. You're either all in or you are all out. And I pray today that you would be all in. Hallelujah. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, I pray today that you would draw every person that's at sixes and sevens with you. Those that have no peace. Those that are looking for forgiveness. Those who have been shamed and embarrassed by their very own sin. I thank you today for your love that woos them, for your love that draws them right there in Phoenix, right there in Hillcrest, right here, here in Galway and Mabel up in the balcony, wherever you are. Right now, God, that you would draw them, that they would sense your overwhelming love in Jesus' name. Now still with every head bowed, every eye closed, if I've been speaking to you and you know that your life is not right with God, then right where you are, all I want you to do is just raise your hand as a sign for me to pray for you.
Go ahead right now. Just lift your hand high in the sky. Where are you right now? Just go ahead. Lift your hand. Wave your hand. You know that your life is away from God. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. Come on. On this Father's Day, I know that there's some fathers that aren't really serving God as they should. You can come back to the Father right there in Hillcrest, right there in Phoenix, across the way in Galway, Mayville, wherever you are, just lift your hand. You say, that's me, Pastor. I'm away from God. Whether you're a father, a mother, a wife, a husband, a teenager, whoever you are, just lift your hand. Say, here's my hand. I'm coming today. Is there anybody right now? For the sake of those in the other campuses, I want everybody to pray this prayer. Would you say after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. Just as I am with all of my failures and all of my sin, and I ask you for forgiveness. Thank you for your blood that cleanses me and washes me, and I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord.